0: Welcome to this week's episode of Eye of the Swarm, your in-depth look at anything and everything related to Yellow Jacket athletics with our engineer, Elliot Sweary, the Big Sound Matt Johnson, I am John Garver, and it's that time of year, Matt, it's it's crossover season. It is. And, uh, you know, you, you've had the... what's the right word... Um, I'm having a hard time finding the right word. You've you've had to do the, going. You've had to do the gymnastics <laughs> of going from fall sport to winter sport broadcast wise and you know, and it, it it can be difficult sometimes going from one to another, but uh you know, as oh yeah, as, as professional as you are, it's it's not not a huge deal to have to jump back and forth. But I as just going over all of this in my head. Everything that's gone on over the last couple of weeks when you start getting from the fall sports and the winter sports starting and everything, it's exhausting.
1: It is. There's a lot of different things happening, happening right now. Absolutely exhausting. Well, and it's, this is, I will say this, from my experience, being the voice of several teams on this campus, um, this has been an, a crossover season unlike any other that we've had before uh-huh. because there's been a lot of stuff happening and uh-huh. almost all of it good.
0: Yeah. So yeah, there's been a lot of good, and that was where I was going to go. I was
1: like, yeah. yeah, there's been a lot of good stuff happening, but even good stuff is exhausting. It is, it, but that's what makes it fun too, because it's a good exhausted. Because if you get run down and everybody is struggling and you're doing all these that's games, even, it's, it's just like wow, because that's just a slog. Then. Yeah, because then you're just going from team to team, and you're like, well, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know holy smokes you know it's another broadcast and uh, okay you know <laughs> that's about what you do though like you go into that place mentally where you're kind of like okay i have a pretty fair idea of how this is gonna go because mm-hmm. this is how the whole year has gone and it's not fun right but you know what people i don't think realize that being a broadcaster isn't always a ton of fun we really love the job and we love it when our teams win and we but when the teams are struggling it's really tough. It's hard. Yeah, and I know you've been there, it's and I've been there.
0: you got to try to find a way to spin it. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, to keep everything as positive and upbeat as you can. But right. It can be
1: draining. It can be very draining. It's draining when you start, when you have to continually do the spin. Right, yeah, exactly, because you're thinking in your head, well, what more can I, like, touch on here? Yeah. What else is going on that's good? Because, don't get me wrong, there are usually things that are going well. Correct. Even if the team yes. is struggling. Yep. But... Sometimes it's hard to go back to those things all the time. Right. Because you feel like you're, you know, you're like a broken record. You're just going around and around. Well, you,
0: you get to the point, and I, Coach McKenna always says this to me you get tired of moral victories. Yeah. Because yeah. moral victories aren't victories. No. And the first time he said that, I was like, wow, that's profound, but it's right. And right. Yep. so that's why still exhausting, but a whole lot of fun when things are, are going well. Right. And, and things have been clicking pretty well
1: this year. And so in, yeah.
0: in our little corner of the universe here, things are are clicking very, very well so far. Yeah,
1: they have. I, I can't remember a fall where we've had a better run of success. Pretty bunch across the board. Mm-hmm. We've actually had a really good start to the winter season as well, for the most part. Right. But I can't remember having a fall that's been this successful and kind of setting the stage for hopefully a very good winter and also hopefully a very good spring. Right. But in the meantime, yeah, the fall has been crazy. There's been a lot happening. Um, I've really enjoyed calling all the games. Um, and it's been quite the experience watching, especially the two soccer teams this year, kind of at the top of their games. Because this is at, the first time I've had them both doing that at the same well, time. And they got there differently. Right,
0: yeah. You know, because the women just shot out of the gate and kept going. Right, yeah. And the guys limped out of the gate. And then, and then got back to and, their and usual and level. ran an obstacle course. Right, yeah. And then got... To where they usually are. Yeah, exactly. You know, so they they got their different ways, but right, it's been it's been fun to even as tough as some of the early stuff was for the men to see them grow and navigate it right. has been enjoyable.
1: You know, and it's been fun. I think because coming into the year, you and I talked quite a bit. Expectations were high for both teams. Correct. You know, I I would say that probably more excited about the women's prospects just because this was their first real chance at it, mm-hmm. and then they fulfilled those expectations. Right. Actually, I would say they more than fulfilled them. Yeah, I think so. And the men, we just expect them to be really good every year. Mm -hmm. That's where we've gotten with them, though. And for the most part, they're always really good. Yep. You know? And so watching that kind of dichotomy, too, and that juxtaposition was cool to see, like, because Coach DeGroat, she's been building that program now steadily. This is her fifth year. And it really is amazing to see the growth that they've had and that this core is still very young. Yeah. There's a lot more on the horizon for this group, Mm -hmm. you know? And men's soccer, they just kind of plug them in every year. Yep. You know, every class comes in. There, you know, they'll lose. You know, four, five, six seniors. So it's the classic. The names change, but the results stay the same. Right now with men's soccer, for the most part, um, I know they weren't particularly happy with how they played in the non-conference this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did improve as the year went on. They finally found that formula. But that's what good programs do, right? You know, and Coach Mooney, even they were struggling at the beginning of the year, he told me, "Oh, we'll figure it out." And I believed him because he figured, he, yeah, they yeah, that's what they do. Every year they figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know? And on the women's side, like you said, they just shot right out. Um, we're very competitive against a tough non-conference schedule at the beginning, and I thought there's a lot here yep. to work with. And then they just pretty much bulldozed their way through the conference they just season. kept going. Yeah, and they just kept going. They just kept going. Yep. And, you know, beating St. in the regular season, legitimate victory, beating River Falls. I mean, we knew they were going to be tough. L- right. Losing to Augsburg, who was a really good team in double overtime. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had the pieces there. And like I said, expectations were high for both teams, and that's the first time I've seen that, too, Right, where we came into it expecting them both to be in in the running for an NCAA tournament bid, and now here we are. And here we are. They're both going, so let's talk about it. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll start with women's soccer, because they've really kind of been the headliner throughout the fall, and rightfully so. Um, But women's soccer now is 18-3-1. By the way, 17 games unbeaten now. The only blemish in that was a tie with Northwestern. Yep. 16-0-1 16-0-1 over the last 17 games. Amazing run. It really, really is. I mean, that's for any team. Mm-hmm. I don't care what league you're in. That's an right. amazing run. And they won, of course, two more games last week. to claim their first-ever UMAG tournament title and advance to the program's first-ever NCAA tournament. We'll talk more about that matchup later on in the podcast, but it's just been incredible, incredibly enjoyable for me to watch it. And, um, you know, I know you weren't there for the championship game. It was too bad, but I, I figured you would want to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope you tuned in and maybe listened to it a little bit. But, I was watching. Okay, but uh, it was just a real treat yep. to see them. But uh, to get to that championship game, they first had to defeat uh, Minnesota Morris in the tournament semifinals. You were there for that game. I was there for that one, and they were very impressive against the Cougars, winning it six to nothing. So that's three games up and three games down against the Cougars and this year that in victories. Match wasn't close ever. No, no. Well, and that was a game we talked about this a little bit earlier. So much team speed for the Yellow Jackets. They were just much faster. Yep, especially on the wings. And Morris just couldn't keep up. Mm-hmm. That was basically how that how that game played out. Yale Jackets in that six nothing win got two goals each from Nia Wilson and Anna Schussman, who was the tournament MVP by the way. So congratulations to her. While getting additional tallies from Emma Fornengo and also Ava Giswold, along with just one save from Jenna Lang, who picked up the shutout and goal. Jackets had I think a twenty eight to three edge in shots. It was something like that, wasn't it? Sixteen to one. I think yeah, it was. It was very decisive. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very decisive victory. And then a couple days later, they took on Northwestern, and the. UMAC Tournament title game. Third time in four years the Jackets have been that far, by the way. Mm-hmm. But this is the first time they finally get over this the hump. This time they, they raise a banner. Yep, yeah, this time they raise a banner. They defeat the Eagles 3-2 to two to pick up the, again, first-ever tournament championship. In program history at the NBC Spartan Sports Complex in Superior, Yellow Jackets got goals from Anna Schusman, Ava Giswold, and Nia Wilson. Nia Wilson, by the way, finished the regular season, well, plus the tournament. 20 goals for her now and 11 assists. Big year for the sophomore. That's a lot of goals. Yep. And we'll talk more. Also, they won some postseason awards as a result of all that. They got a lot of hardware. Yeah. They got a lot of individual awards and a lot of team awards this year. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of team pictures of them flowing around. And I was thinking about this, by the way. (laughs) It's kind of an ironic thing, but they've had a lot of team pictures taken recently. I've kind of decided that the more team pictures you have taken, the better year you're having. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> you know? Because they've had a team picture, the official team picture, then they had one when they won the regular season, and now they've had one when they were <laughs> when they won the postseason tournament. <laughs> so there's a bunch of Yellow Jacket women's three soccer and team counting. pictures. Three counting. Yeah, three and counting right now. Jenna Lang uh, picked up the win and go for the Yellow Jackets, making five saves. Jackets scored the first three goals of that game. Northwestern scored two.
0: Made in it a, interesting.
1: Yeah, made it interesting at the end, but the Jackets really, over the last – five, ten minutes, salted that game away pretty efficiently. Mm-hmm. Uh, pissed passed the ball away around the Eagles, and the Eagles really never mounted much of a challenge on that third potentially tying goal. So congratulations to them. Yellow Jackets off to the NCAA tournament. We'll talk more about that, of course, as we move on here. But there was some hardware, individual hardware, handed out by the conference as well. And uh, hold on because there's a lot of it here. So <laughs> we'll get right to it. Nia <laughs> Wilson was named UMAC Offensive Player of the Year, while Aaron Schoborg was named UMAC Defensive Player of the Year. Meanwhile, Jen Lang was named UMAC Rookie of the Year, and Head Coach Allison DeGroat was named UMAC Coach of the Year for the third time in four years. So mm-hmm. Coach DeGroat on quite a run there. In terms of the, Not quite to the Glenn Drexler level, but... She's moving her way that direction. You're getting there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anna Schussman was also named First Team All-UMAC, and freshman defender Hallie Carlson was also named First Team All-UMAC. Allison Alessi made the second team, and Lindery Schendel was named Honorable Mention. So all in all, seven Yellow Jackets made the all-conference teams this year and Claire Smith was the Yellow Jackets representative on the UMAC sportsmanship team. So a big year all the way around, and it continues. We'll talk, like I said, more about that as we move on. Men's soccer, 16-6 overall, and you talked about the fact that they had a slow start to the year, but now they're rolling right along. Mm-hmm. Uh, won their last 11, including two wins in the UMAC tournament to advance to their fourth straight NCAA tournament. Yellow Jackets got there to the tournament final by defeating Northwestern 5-1 to in the UMAC tournament semifinals on Wednesday at the NBC Spartan Sports Complex, UWS. Got the game going early on a goal from Blake Perry in the first five minutes, and from there it was pretty academic. Two goals from Blake Doye in the contest, Harry Ambler and Nikolai Stoker also scored for the Yellow Jackets. And then four saves from Alex Paredes in goal to pick up that victory. And then they extended that winning streak to eleven, of course, defeating Bethy Lutheran and what became quite the matchup. There was some high drama in this thing. <laughs> it was. And I my biggest. We mood were went watching on now. the
0: bus and then at the rink down at St. Olaf. And uh, there was some drama.
1: There was. There was a lot of drama in this game. Um, it didn't get off to a very good start for the Jackets. They came back to tie it. Then it turned again in the 83rd minute. And I thought, oh, boy. Because there's a red card in there. We'll talk about that in a second. But how about Peyton Anderson coming in and saving the penalty? Right. And then Josh Welcome Bellamy. to the game. Yeah. And then 10 <laughs> seconds in overtime. Yep. You know, and I remember thinking on the game-winning goal, and we'll explain all this in a minute here specifically, when Blake Perry, they let him run right up the field. Off the kick. And I thought, they're not checking to him. This is going to be an opportunity. And next thing you know, here comes the cross. There's Bellamy at the back post. And boom. Boom. Yep. Down a man. Playing 10 on 11. They get the game-winning goal. 10 seconds into the overtime. (laughs) Which which was crazy, considering how the previous 90 minutes had gone. Right. But, you know, that's overtime soccer. That's NCAA soccer. And that's how it ended up. Anyway, uh, the Vikings opened up the scoring on that championship game, by the way. They scored a goal 37 seconds in and it was 1-0. They took the lead. About 19 minutes later, the Jackets came back to tie it. It was Doye getting the goal at 19:26. Then we played an entire second half without a goal, which was actually quite amazing considering what happened. Um, it was not without drama, though. Uh, Alex Paredes got a red card, a straight red card, off of a corner kick in the 83rd minute. And I never really saw what happened. The ball was cleared, and I'm following the ball. There was about 18 bodies in the L-Jacket box, and the red card came a little late after the ball had been cleared and it was behind the play so I had no idea what happened all I saw was that there was a Bethany Lutheran player in the net down and Prady's, you know standing there and the guy gave him a a red card and I thought well something must have happened and I think it was they they claimed that he punched him in the face I have no idea if that's what happened because a goalie is allowed to come out and try to punch the ball off a corner kick and if he meets your head while that's happening well that's too bad like, it's the, like, I mean, you're not allowed to haul off and punch someone. Right. But if he's trying to punch a ball off of a corner kick, he can, he's allowed to do that. And if your head gets caught in the way, you know, that can happen. I, I don't know, you know, what exactly took place. But anyway, the red card came in. Peyton Anderson came in to relieve um, Paredes in goal. Julio Casanon comes up to take the penalty kick for Bethany Lutheran. He takes it. Anderson dabs to his right, makes the save. And you could kind of feel the momentum change a little bit there. That is, and penalty saves do our big big deal. No,
0: absolutely. Yeah, it's like a good penalty kill in hockey. Yep. You know, it's the same thing. It, it's it's yep. it can give you momentum and it, the, especially the, five on three. The or flip of that being, if you're Bethany. Yep. The, all right, we we gonna, got this now. We've got this. This yep. is okay. Let's let's do it. Oh my gosh, he stopped it. Yep. So for it them, goes from that high to the low. Yeah, you've yep. got this extreme high of all right, we are inches away from taking a lead late right. that we're going to be able to hold
1: to, uh-oh. Right, yeah. And how you did that of, not go in? Yeah, I did that not? Yeah, exactly. And it was a good save. I didn't think Castanoan hit it great, but it was a nice save by Peyton Anderson. He read that really well mm-hmm. and made a save. It was a legitimate save. <clears throat> yeah. Like, there wasn't a post or anything. He got all of it and pushed it wide. And then we go to overtime, and just 10 seconds in, off the opening kick, here comes, <laughs> and I think it was Blake Doya that actually crossed it into Bellamy. But Blake Perry started the play. He ran right at their defense. They kept backing off, backing off. He crosses or he gives a ball short to Blake Doye. Doye crosses it over. And Bellamy, first time, it was a beautiful strike mm-hmm. right in the lower corner. And the Jackets win two to one in overtime. And the place went crazy. Yeah. I mean, that was about as unglued as I've ever seen the MBC Spartan Sports Complex after Bellamy scored that goal. Um. So the jackets 16 and six now, and they're off to the NCAA tournament. They have a tough draw, but yes, they do. Um, we'll talk more about that as we move on as well. Meanwhile, women's hockey, as we move into the puck side of the uh, of the week, that was suffered their first loss of the season. They only played one game last week.
0: Um, no, they didn't. They played two.
1: Well, they, they beat Glasgow three to two. Correct. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then their last time out, they fell to Hamlin two to one at Westman Arena. Uh, Megan Dulong scored the Yellow Jackets' lone goal at 18:21 of the third off an assist from Jenna Curse after the Pipers got up 2 nothing, Mackenzie Williams made 16 saves in goal for the Yellow Jackets. But I know you've seen them a couple of times, and you've been pretty impressed with what you've seen from them. I, I really like their team speed. Um, they, they're quick. They're yeah, that's, really quick. Well, and these newcomers that Dano brought in, I think, are... Yeah, yeah.
0: there's a few in there that can really play. Yeah. So I, I think they're going to give some teams fits, and you, like the Hamlin's a good team. They're, good they're always club. at the top of the Miak. Yeah, they're they're a Miak power, and they've they've got some NCAA tournament experience there. And you know their their two goals came on consecutive power plays, a minute apart in the second period, and that yeah. was really the only attack they mounted was when they were on a power play. Well,
1: I think the Jackets outchanced them and outshot them,
0: right? Like for- yeah, they did. And in the third period, the Jackets outshot them fourteen to three.
1: Yeah, so I mean they were you tilting know, the so ice. They, they yeah. were,
0: and they uh, they put the hammer down. They just weren't able to get that
1: equalizer. Yeah. And Hamlin knows how to win games, yeah. as we talked about. I mean, that they've been doing it for several years. Yep. So the Jackets, 1-1 one one last week. Nice win over St. Scholastica. Um, lots of them in the exhibition game, 4-1. to one, mm-hmm. But that 3-2 win, that's a nice win. Yeah. We, we talked about it in your office afterward. Yeah, that's real a nice win. win.
0: That's a good win for them. They came back and played really well in that game, too. And, you know, started 3-0 since, first time
1: since 2013. So. Oh. Yeah. You know, I think there's there's some good things ahead for that club. Yeah. So they're they're looking good and they have a game coming up this week. We'll talk more about that in a second. Men's hockey also looking pretty good. I know they stumbled a little bit. They split two games last week. Lost to St. Mary's and defeated St. Olaf. Um you were there for both games obviously. Um, the game against St. Mary's, your assessment? Didn't work hard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or hard enough. Yeah. Okay. And
0: uh I caught a little bit of it, but I I, not a lot. I felt like I mean they just they got outworked. Okay. They got out, worked through most of that game and they they made a couple very critical mistakes okay that ended up in their net. Yeah. Cuz it sounded like they played much more intense of
1: a game against St. Olaf than say. You know, day.
0: and it's they yeah, they they came out and had another great first period. They scored four goals in the first. Um got two goals in the final minute and that really that that really took the wind out of the sails of St. Olaf for a little while. Okay. Um as the second period wore on Saint Olaf got better, okay, and they played very well in the third. Looked like it, and they made it. They made it interesting, getting within five three, you know. And then then we got another one late to kind of salt that one away. But they were. I, I came into the weekend kind of thinking, okay, you know, you've got a Saint Mary's team that's zero three, right? Yeah, you've got a Saint Olaf team that went zero and one against Northland, okay. And so, you know, what are Where's there? Yeah. yeah, and then we then we, we get into it, and all of a sudden you've got this St. Mary's beats us. We beat St. Olaf. St. Olaf, the night before we played him, beats Eau Claire, the number seven team in the country. Eau Claire then goes and beats St. Mary's. Last weekend, we beat St. Scholastica. On Saturday, St. Scholastica beat Stevens Point. It's, it, it, the, a lot of parity right it, now. It's the West in Division Three hockey. They're, Very rough. There yeah. are no free spaces on the bingo card, yeah. and you have to earn every single victory.
1: Yeah, and that's going to be that way all year long. Yeah, I feel like it I feel like it's been trending that direction the last few years. Yep. Um. You know, because you're not seeing these eight, nine, nothing games anymore. Any team can literally beat any team. I mean, a big win right now is like four-one. That that classifies as a big win. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's you're not seeing these six seven goal outbursts anymore. Um, like not they very to, often, yeah, not very often, Not very often. You know, St Norbert used to have them on the regular. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen's playing with their really good teams. St they, Norbert
0: got swept this weekend.
1: Yeah, I you mean, know, they're they're one and three right now. Yeah, yeah. So it's incredible. It's pretty wide open. It is wide open. And there's a lot of talent spread across the country right now. Mm-hmm. So especially in the West region. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's going to make for an interesting season. It's going to be a fascinating season. Against St. Mary's, the Jackets, by the way, got goals from Sam Stern, Chad Lopez, and Charles Martin. I know you made a note of saying that uh, CeeLo is on a nice little run here. Yeah, he's on a real nice run. I'll continue. Because okay. it, he... it continues. Yes. <laughs> and then against St. Olaf, you talked about the 4 nothing start. Jackets uh, got two goals, each from Dylan Johnson and Chad Lopez, who we just talked about. And uh, additional goals from C.J. Walker and Gavin Rasmussen. Uh, Landon Pavlison, congratulations to him, picks up his first career Winning goal the jackets making thirty five saves. And he had an assist. Did he get an assist? He had an assist as well. Wow. Who did he assist on? Uh it would have been
0: I think the Walker goal. On the no, Walker? the Rasmussen goal. On the
1: Rasmussen goal? Yes. Okay. By the way, Miles, one of those two. Miles Hector had twenty six saves against St. Mary's. I forgot to mention him, but correct. Um congratulations to Landon Pavlison for mm-hmm. picking up his first career victory. And like you said, an assist. So
0: Yeah, and, and Lopez had four points in that game. He had two goals and two assists in that one. He had, I think, a goal and an assist. In the St. Mary's game.
1: Well, I think I heard you say that going back now to he last was, year, too,
0: he had... Well, he's he had a goal against St. Scholastica. He had a goal against St. Mary's, the four-point game in this one. So he's got four goals in his first three games this year. Right. He had four goals in his last three games last year. So he scored a goal in six straight games
1: now. Did he have two in the in the tournament final
0: against no. Point? Okay. No, he didn't? No, he okay. only had one. Okay, um, But he had an assist in that one as well. So, I mean, he's... You know he's like eight goals in his last six games. He's got the and puck and on a stick right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, things things are working for him right now. So he's yeah. on a really nice little run. And it, it it you go back to last season and he started slowly. He didn't. I think it was, took five games for him to score a goal. Right. And then he started scoring like crazy down the stretch. Right. And it's yeah. just kind of carried over. Yeah. He, he's playing some dynamite hockey. Because right
1: he was did he lead the team in scoring last year? He did not. Okay. Lead the team he's... in goals. Okay. But he did not lead the team in scoring. Okay. Okay, so he's playing really well right now, yes. and the Jackets, for the most part, are playing pretty well right yeah. now as well. Uh, men's basketball, by the way, split two games at the Merrill Thompson Classic at the Mertz last weekend, defeating Finlandia 97-52 in their opener, and then fell to St. John's, a really good St. John's team, 67-45 in their second game. Against Finlandia, the Jackets had three players scoring double figures, led by Javon Walker with 19, Eli Vogel had 18, and Josh Reinertson had 11. Jackets had 14 players score points in that game, so spread the offense around. Against St. John's, things were a little bit tougher. That Johnny's team is a top MIAC contender. Every year. Yep, every year. Every year. Um, I didn't see any of it. You didn't either because we had, of course, you had hockey. I had soccer. So, And those games were being played at the same time. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, from what I understand, St. John's big physical. Yep, And uh, they're bigger and stronger than the Jackets are and just kind of like bullied them around a little bit but uh, Xavier Patterson was the only Yellow Jacket to score in double figures. He had 10 points in that contest. Women's basketball last night fell in their season opener against UW Stout, 76-44 to at the Mertz. It was a tough night at the office for the Yellow Jackets. Got down by 14 after one and couldn't really mount much of a comeback. Kaylin Christian led them offensively. She had 14 points. And uh, women's volleyball, last but not least, Lexi Preed. they as they got some hardware as well, individual hardware, by the way, from the conference. That's what I'm alluding, alluding to here. Lexi Preed was named first team All-UMAC, while Cassie Tuff and Jenna Anderson were named second team All-UMAC. Megan Holes received an honorable mention All-UMAC honors, while Jordan O'Brien was UWS's representative on the UMAC sportsmanship team. And so that's the week that was. Men's and women's cross country was idle, so they didn't uh, compete, but they will be competing this coming weekend. So uh, we'll talk about them in the final segment. But that's the week that was and uh it's a busy one yeah there was a lot going busy on one, but boy there was some good stuff in there yeah <laughs> there's some, some really, really good, good stuff, stuff in there, in there and that's it's... what I mean about the crossover it's like yeah yeah
0: I mean it, it makes all of this so much fun when you've you've got you're having the kind of success that you're you're seeing out of these teams so it's right. been yeah it's been a lot of fun and we we spent a lot of time here in the open mat talking about the the women's soccer program and Fortunately for us, we're going to get to talk about it a little bit more. We're going cool. to have the, uh, the head coach, Allison DeGroat, with us, as well as the new all-time leading scorer, Anna Schussman, joining us. So that'll be coming up on the next segment of this program. You are listening to Eye of the Swarm.
2: Workers <laughs> Island Inn is now hiring, and there's a position just for you. Apply for front desk, housekeeper, bartender, server, cook, and dishwasher. We are hiring great people like you. Call or click for more information and apply today.
0: We're back with our roundtable segment of Eye of the Swarm, and we mentioned as we were leaving the the opener that we are joined by the head coach of the Yellow Jacket women's soccer team, Allison DeGroat, along with the new all-time scoring leader, Anna Schussman. And I think the uh, start with you, coach, and uh, let's let's just dive right into it. Let's talk about it. You know, this, this is kind of a big deal. You're kind of a big deal. <laughs> Ew. No, no. Ew. Yes. So not to like type. <laughs> yes. So not the type. with
3: that a different way?
0: <laughs> no. It's out there now. There's no taking back. it back. Yeah. So you can't take it back. Just go ahead know. and say yes. Yes, I am.
3: <laughs> I can't do that. The links are best. We'll see but
0: for you. I mean, this this is it, it, it's such a big moment for this program, and it's 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 been such a methodical progression to get to this point, and it's. I, I, it's a horrible way to 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 cap it by saying, "Boy, this is a really big deal." But it it's it, history. It, it, it is. It's it's it's, yeah. his, it's historic. And and from your s- viewpoint on the sidelines, what is this like?
3: Uh, yeah. Um, it's hard to put five years of of work into like into into a summary. If you
0: can speak it into oh, ten wow. words or less,
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: Uh, I. It's just been a joy, honestly, and I think that it is that way. It has been a joy because of the women in this program. Even before I got here, the women that were in this program wanted to be pushed, wanted to work hard and cared for one another. And so we've just ridden that for the last five years. And so it's been an absolute joy and an honor. And we have amazing people in our program, um, and good soccer players, which that's really helpful in a soccer program. (laughs)
1: that's a good answer, isn't that's, it? A great right? answer. Yeah, that's a great answer it's <laughs> helpful to have good players yeah when you have good players things, good things happen yeah that is true
3: yeah. I mean it's a true statement you can't say I'm wrong
1: no not at all uh, yeah
0: but, but coming into the year you, you were chosen in, in the preseason poll I know polls are polls and sometimes they're right sometimes they're wrong but you were you were picked as the favorite in the conference did that, did that add a little bit of pressure
3: yeah, I did not like that. You did not like <laughs> I'm not, that. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, please don't pick us. Please pick us two. One. Please pick yeah. us two. <laughs> that would be great. Two <laughs> would be great. Yeah, definitely. When that came out, I like I got a little bit of a lump in my stomach because I was like, ugh, just we haven't even done it yet. We've never done it. We've, you know, six years ago we were one in sixteen. Like I don't know. So when I saw that, I was like, ugh, it just feels like a pressure. But they handled it well, and we've been working on how to how to set that pressure down, you know, how to how to leave it and just show up on the pitch without it.
1: That's I, a Rich McKenna-type a- answer right there.
0: Oh, it, it is, because, yeah. I mean, even... He hates polls, too. He can't stand them. No, you yeah. know? what's and the it,
3: point? You didn't earn anything. Right.
0: Like, he, he hates them. When he cracked the top 10 nationally last year, he was upset about it. Yeah. And I yeah. don't want this. It's just, it's extra noise. I don't need that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. You know, so he, he kind of gave the same answer. But as pressure-filled as it was, I, I think your, your group was fairly loose because... Anybody who was in our hallway last Wednesday, there was not a hint of stress or pressure coming from your office, whether it was you and your staff or your players. Because but, it, it, everybody sounded very relaxed and just ready to go about their business.
3: Well, I'm glad that, that is how it came off. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely felt pressure in, in, like, inside, um, but I think that's something I strive for is just how do I set that down? Like it, it creeps up on me and comes in waves. Where I'm like, okay, I'm I'm a little anxious, and then I'm like, you know what? It's all about how I create the messaging in the environment, and I try to like in in training. And Anna knows, obviously, she's been coached by me for a few years now. But just in a tra- yeah. just a couple, <laughs> in training, we try to create a loose environment. Like we try to we compete and we try to make things competitive, but we're goofing around a bit in between. We're making jokes. We're trying to make each other. We're enjoying the moment
0: did that work from a player's standpoint anna because did did the players feel the stress that maybe she felt inside that it, it did was she able to to hide that stress and make sure that the players didn't feel that
2: i mean i think so i think we all kind of internalize our own stress like i was definitely like soccer is just a game of what ifs you know what i mean like anything could happen we've got we got scored on them but scored on them, them scored on by them, there we go
1: that works that works um, yeah, well said,
2: yeah, uh, during our regular games during the season, so it's like you know they could definitely get up one, like I knew that um, if we played our game that we should come out on top, but there's always that like what if question of what if you know they they get up and for some reason we just can't score, you know there's always like those dumb questions, but I think it definitely helps when. Like our coaching staff shows up loose and is like ready to go and excited and cheering us on because I think that helps us like be like okay like she's not nervous we don't need to be
0: nervous either. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and I to be honest with you, and this is one of the things that I when people ask me about the program and it's relatively meteoric rise really to the top of the conference, I said you know one of the things that I really appreciate about Allison's program and her players, they just really love being with each other, regardless of what the game situation is. You know, I mean, they could play for a national championship and they'd be nervous, but they just really love being together, you know, like regardless of what the game situation is. And that's really unique, I think, in sports where, you know, they seem to have the priority of we're together. Let's enjoy it. Let's have fun with this because we're all together and we're one big family. And because that's what it kind of feels like with you guys, because I don't get the sense there's a lot of personality conflicts, if any on the team. And if they are, they're extremely minor. I mean, there are teams that have good chemistry and then there are teams that really get along with each other but not but might not have great chemistry on the field or on the ice or on the court. Your team seems to have both, which I think is really, really rare. And I think it says something not just about how you coach, but also about the roster that you put together, their personalities. And I don't know if Anna if you see it that way, but that's what it looks like from the outside.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, like, I love going to practice with everybody. It's one of my favorite things to do, honestly. Like, um, I mean, I've lived with Claire since freshman year. Um, we've been on the team together for four years and lived together for four years. Like, one of my best friends, like, all of these people, like, as soon as they come in, it's like, all right, you're part of the family, whether you want to be or not. <laughs> like, right, yeah. We well, just kind of... I think ever since, like, my freshman year, that's just been something that, like, as an upperclassman trying to do is just make people feel like they belong here um, and, like, make them or, like, try to make them want to, like, be here, you know what I mean? Right. Um, Yep. But, yeah, I think overall we really enjoy being around each other. I mean, I don't think all of us are the same, but I think that we have, like, learned to appreciate that about each other and like appreciate our differences like we're not all the same but we all enjoy still being around each other
1: yeah that and that's kind of the way i look at it too i mean there are different personalities on the team definitely but you guys are a very welcoming group i feel like i yeah. think you know when players come in sometimes as a freshman newcomers mm-hmm. you know there's that sense of intimidation maybe from you know with the with the veterans and the players i've been around you guys seem to just kind of embrace Newcomers, anyone that comes into the program, anyone that wants, wants to be a part of the program, very much so. Like it seems like it's just very kind of natural for you guys to be like, welcome. You know, it just seems like <laughs> the personalities on the team are very welcoming. Yeah. And and that is conducive to creating, I think, what you guys have created, which is, you know, a team that now you know is winning championships and really gets a bang out of being together. On top of everything else, I mean, even in warmups, I mean, and we've talked about this before. Last year, well, maybe two years ago, I think it was, maybe. um, You know, warms are happening and everything. And I look out on the field, and there's, like, it isn't quite a dance-off, but it's pretty close. (laughs) There were a couple players out there that were busting. Like, Lindry did a move, and then, like, Olivia Harding was doing a full-out dance move. You know, and that's the kind of thing that you just don't normally see. You know, because sometimes it can be... Situation where the focus gets lost or something like that. With you guys, it seems to be just kind of part of your deal. Like that's just how you guys are, and mm-hmm. that kind of also feeds into that. They just really like being around each other. <laughs> you know, when I, you when you see things like that from the press box, it's it's somewhat remarkable.
3: Yeah, and I would say, like, to be completely honest, it's not always rainbows and butterflies. What? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, surprisingly, uh, this year we had a we. All of athletics did a uh, equity, diversity, and inclusion training on belonging, and half of our team was like, "We're in a great spot. This is great. Let's keep rolling," and half of our team was like, "Hey, I'm worried that we're getting too competitive. I'm worried that things are too edgy. I'm worried that like we're not valuing everyone the way we should." Um, <clears throat> and it's been a like it's been a change for us. I, this last year has been a alteration in the way the team has been run not in like our values or anything like that but all of a sudden we went from a roster of 16 to a roster of 22 and those 22 players they all can play like we have depth that we did not have before and in in the past I think minutes were expected and understood and very clear cut and that was not so much the case this year And so there were challenges that we did not face in the past that we definitely faced this year. Um, and after that, after that training, we sat down as a, as a team, they, they filled out an individual survey, um, anonymous survey of like, what do we want? What do we want to keep doing? And what do we want to stop doing or, or limit what we're doing? And we came up with like six do's and don'ts in the program. And half the team was like, I don't even want to talk about this. We're winning. Like, let's not talk about this. Let's not go there. Like we're rolling, like, stop talking about this. And. I just I told the team I was like we got to embrace this. Change does not come. Newness does not come without conflict. Like and it feels bad right now cuz it in the past it's always been uh the the chemistry's kind of been easy and not that it wasn't there wasn't chemistry there but there was just this underlying uncertainty or this underlining um not being satisfied with the way things were Uh, and we just decided what we have to do is embrace this because if we want to be at our best whether it's this year or next year we things have to be we have to be in a better place Uh, so middle of the season I don't even remember do you remember what games were around that time (laughs) I don't remember it was like it was definitely the middle of this it was right around halfway point in our conference loop and we sat down and I think It feels like – it seems like things have been a lot better ever since. But it was – it's intentional. It's not like this thing that just naturally happens. We got to nurture it and care for it and be
2: really intentional with it. I definitely think addressing it helped. Yeah. Just, like, putting it out in the air. Um, Like, when you don't address it, it just kind of feels like – I don't know, that it gets worse or that if you are feeling like you're not belonging or you're not really being heard or seen, like – not talking about it, I think, can just, like, amplify that, amplify that feeling. Um, So I think it definitely helped once we got it out there. Like, not everybody is going to feel the same way. Um, That helped, like, realize that, like, okay, like, I am seen, I'm heard. Like, not everybody is going to feel like they're best friends 24-7 because, like, as much as, like, we love being around each other, like, we also realize that you're not going to love each other all the time. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) even like like it's
3: just second, like family like, yeah I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: it it's just like
2: family like sometimes like i have a brother we didn't always get along but like at the end of the day you still love your brother you know what i mean like right. the same thing with us like we might not always be getting along or want to really like feel the greatest towards each other but at the end of the day like we're still family and we still show up for each other
1: and that's kind of like where i would also go is because conflict is inevitable i mean you're gonna have it 100 percent. you know i mean that's Every team that's ever been out there that's won a title or not has had internal conflict. That just is, That's part of the deal. But I think that that kind of family atmosphere that you've created where they really do enjoy being around each other, you can have a full honest dialogue. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody can have faith in the fact, look, we're not all feeling like we're on the same page here. Let's talk it out. Mm-hmm. You know, So you get everybody in a room and you say, look, I want everybody to feel safe and open and you can say what you need to say because we're going to address it together. As a family and as a team, yep. And that is sometimes easier said than done. I feel like. Well, that's a. It's kind of a brave thing to do, especially when things are going well.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I'm sure some (laughs) people are like, "What are you doing (laughs) here?" Well, exactly.
0: So I mean, it's it's kind of a gutsy move because if it backfires on you,
3: yeah. You you
0: know, suddenly you, you drive a wedge in that room, and we're not having conversations about historic seasons. So that's it's kind of a gutsy move to to make that play at that time
3: yeah maybe gutsy but it just seemed like the right thing to do and what i have learned over my time in athletics and my time as a human is like i just want to live my values first and i like we want our program to live its values first and i believe when we do that that the the success on the pitch comes next like it will come it's just having faith that it will
1: well it also puts the priority not just on winning games Oh, yeah. You know, like, it's it's recognizing, look, we're winning games, but this still needs to be addressed because it's about the people first. Yep. The winning will take care of itself. Yep. You know, and we'll get stronger even as a result of this. I mean, so we've won eight in a row. Okay, great, but not everybody is feeling really good about how things are going. hmm And we need to address it. That's rare, you mm-hmm. know. A lot of times just say, hey, we're winning. Everything's great. Oh, winning is a great deodorant, you know. It covers yeah, up exactly. everything. You know, everybody's happy whenever, when everybody's winning. You know, that's... That's the old saying in pro sports. And when things are going badly, that's when the stuff comes out. So it is a bold step, though, to come out and say, look, we're winning games. We're having success. We're in first place in the conference, blah, blah, blah. But if people are not, everybody is feeling like they're part of this and that they're an important part of this, we still need to address it. Yep. So and that's I'm- a unique part, part, I think, of you guys' program.
3: Yeah. And I don't want to even pretend. I don't want to pretend in an interview that everything's rainbows and butterflies. And I don't want to pretend with recruits. Like, I've had the same conversation with recruits when they talk about, like, the dynamics within the team and where we are. And I will say, I will still say right now, like, our dynamics are really strong. Like, I, I feel very confident in the way our team culture and our team connection is right now. But... I'm going to be straightforward with recruits. I only want people in this program that are willing to have those brave conversations, those hard conversations that are going to put in the work. And, yeah, it might make us nervous at times and feel uncertainty and feel like, okay, this whole thing could implode. But that's the type of culture and environment we want to have. And we know that when we do those things, the winning will take care of itself.
0: When did – because it, it obviously, when you started, you know, you you mentioned that you were one in sixteen, yeah. you know, six years ago. So, what, did you have this blueprint when you came in, or is this something that has kind of evolved as you start, <laughs> as you you got into this?
2: I think about your your board on your on your wall and, and sorry mm-hmm. <laughs> in your office. That's I remember that from my visit here. I always remember that board. You're like this is like my vision, but I don't know what you call it. <laughs> like, vision board, yeah. Vision, vision board. board, and she has it all, like all laid out with like your strings or about like school and uh, yeah. soccer and everything and like what her vision is. Like she literally has it. Like if you want to talk about blueprint, like that is literally <laughs> you can go in her <laughs> office and look at her blueprint. And, like. That was just one of the things that I remember about your visit. I, I feel like, like that was literally has is it, like, like planned out, like she has an idea, and I don't know. I just for some reason that stuck with me.
1: That's like a that's like a really unique insight into Allison. I feel like if you want to really like understand Coach Grote, go into her office and look at her whiteboard because there's a gazillion <laughs> yeah, things on that board at any given time, <laughs> <Maybe> <laughs> and it's hilarious whiteboard. to see like. Like, I walked in the other day, and it turned out that Caitlin Rache had walked in and wrote Soccer is Fun, just <laughs> yeah. on the whiteboard.
3: In, like, the like, most beautiful Yeah, like, she had written numbers.
1: it very, like, just, like, you know, just so and everything. Mm-hmm. But that's the kind of stuff. Like, she'll have plays, she'll have list of recruits, and then she'll have just, like, a random message, like, from players. You know, just yeah. like, hi, coach, or, you know, whatever. Like, it's a very unique insight into... Like, I think how you like up, like run your program. It just cracks me up because sometimes I just want to go in there and see what's on your board, <laughs> <laughs> like and just see what you like who's written on the board now and what are they written on on yep. the board. It's like it's kind of like a community message board. Yeah, <laughs> have
2: you been in there recently?
1: I saw the last time I was in there. I just saw Caitlin with soccer's fun. Like that was the last one I uh, saw. Oh, I you like, haven't ooh. seen
3: you've seen my entire office and all the. Little oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> is, is that what you're
1: alluding to? Yeah. <laughs> Well, because I... Okay, so this is... Oh, that's a good time. I walked in for the the interview. (laughs) This is great podcast material right here, I'm going to tell you. I walked in for the interview before the championship game on Saturday, and I go into the office, and I sit down, and I'm interviewing Coach DeGroat, and we're going through the... you know, And I turn, and I look down. I'm sitting on the couch, and Anna Schussman's face... is looking <laughs> straight back at me. It turned out that, like, uh, what was it? Who did it? Like, how- <laughs> it was
2: me, Aaron, Claire, and Emma after practice a, I don't know, last sometime last week. We were like, well, I actually came up from our last hotel trip from when we went to Morrison Crown, <laughs> when you gave us a join in rooms. Bad idea, by the way. <laughs>
3: I did not uh, give you them this time.
2: Really? That just so it happened. That just so happened. Are you kidding no, me? No, the You're hotel so wrote me their, that it ended the, up that we had rooms right next to each yes, other.
3: Yes, the hotel wrote your names didn't on I did not believe it. you. When no, said the that. hotel wrote your names on the cards. I just handed them out and you had adjoining rooms. I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> nothing that's, to do with it. That's funny actually. I thought you were kidding when no, you said that. No, I did not. Anyway.
2: Anyway, so we, in joining hotel rooms, right, we're, like, talking about it. We're, like, we should play a prank on Allison. We think it'd be really funny. Like, we're all seniors. Like, (laughs) it'd be funny, right? So after practice last week, we went and we took, like, our media day photos that Holden took. And we printed, like, a ton of them off. Like, honestly, I don't even know how many we printed. We didn't count them or, like, plan it out or anything. Well, there's a
1: lot of them now.
2: (laughs) Yeah. No, we just, we just... Press print and went with it. <laughs> Some of them are mini and really yeah. tiny. There's like, like four of them. Spent, Some of them are it, massive. It probably took us like an hour and a half to like print them, cut them, and then tape them everywhere. And then, All over. <laughs> yeah.
3: Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah.
1: So it turned out, so I'm sitting on the couch and I'm looking down and they had taped their faces <laughs> to the bottom of the couch looking this way.
3: i mean, so uh, I'm the ceiling. Like, yeah, yeah, looking toward the ceiling.
1: So I'm looking down <laughs> and there's Anna Schussman looking at me. I was like, what? how did that just happen? And then... She says, Allison says, well, have you seen the rest of the office? I didn't even look. Now I look up, and their faces are everywhere. Like, there (laughs) there are pictures of those four seniors all (laughs) over the office. Like, they're... They're on the, like, in places that you just, like, they're all over the whiteboard, they're on the wall, they're on the windows.
2: Like <laughs> Every marker on your whiteboard. <laughs> every single marker that on was my Emma's whiteboard, idea. which is a lot. <laughs> she wrapped a picture a of around every single white That's going to take marker. forever to get
3: off. Yeah. And Please. the best part of it is the night before, I thought, the night before, they throw me in a group chat, <laughs> and all Claire says is, operation scorpion complete (laughs) and i go huh (laughs) (laughs) and right as i go huh they all start leaving the group <laughs> message, and then it's just Anna and me, and I go, what just happened? And then she left. Well, <laughs> I, was I forgot like,
2: to leave it. I accidentally archived it instead of leaving the group, and I was like, oh, no, I don't know how to undo
3: that. <laughs> and so then I'm like, something happened, and I show up at work the next day, and their faces are everywhere. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, this is Operation Scorpion.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we are just like, what's the dumbest name that we can think of? We're going to call into Operation Scorpion. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that cracks me up that you guys gave it an operation name. That's, that's fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that like I was totally like taken aback because I'm like Anna Schussman is on the couch. Mm-hmm. Like that's what yeah. I that's what I was like. Okay. I look at me like yeah they're all over in here and I was like okay so she's like just have a look and I silently kind of scan and I was like <laughs> looking around like. They are. They're everywhere. (laughs) Like,
3: and now the sophomores are saying, "Well, every year the seniors will have to play a prank on coach." And I'm like, "Well, let's not do that. Like, let's not start
2: this." (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) I think that ours
1: is. It reminds
0: me of a conversation we had last week, (laughs) you and me. (laughs) I don't remember. About pranks?
3: Oh yes. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. Yes, (laughs) yes that. We have a target. <laughs> you have a target? Oh, boy.
2: We just We haven't come up with
3: a plan. we got to have a catchy little
0: name and a plan. But... Yeah, I want to see who there's,
2: we have a target. There's no like, official <laughs> operation Somebody, name
1: or anything? No, not yet. Somebody okay.
2: should prank Bursic. I want to see who has a backbone to
3: prank Whoa. Bursic.
1: I'm not that. I'm
3: not doing that. He signs
1: off on my evaluations.
3: Every
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have to ask this question about operations. He has a sense of humor. I heard a rumor that you guys. First thought you should like clean up her office and then do that. Is that true?
2: We did. We <laughs> joked about it when we were in there. We were like, maybe we should clean for her. <laughs> like,
1: clean up whatever. her office and then like prank it. Yeah.
2: My
3: office in not her the office, uh, it's not the cleanest. It's,
1: it's, it's not, not that. that bad for a coach. That's that was like one thing that I seen be worse. better, but
2: it could be worse.
3: Not way
1: worse. Coach Eberhardt, right. when he was coaching basketball, holy smokes. And Don Mulhern, Coach Mulhern. Yeah, so they're like just random stacks of papers and stuff. Like, but they knew is. where everything was. Yep, exactly. Yeah, your office isn't that bad, but it totally cracked me up. And I'm wondering who was the it's definitely not who brought up the idea list. of cleaning the office.
2: I don't even remember
3: because it
1: sounds it was like something like, Aaron would say. Like, this is kind of dirty. Let's clean this up. It probably <laughs>
2: like, was. I don't know. She probably like remembers, she and say. she's probably gonna, if she listens to this, she's gonna be like, "I can't believe you threw me under the bus like that." It wasn't even me. <laughs> But no, I don't remember who said it.
1: Okay. Cuz that was the rumor that I had heard. I think actually Marissa told me that. She's like, "Yeah, one of them said that they need to clean up in here and then pull the prank." She was in on it?
2: We told her about it. Oh. We did.
3: And I screenshotted shot screenshot the the operation Scorpio. Oh, you did. Group message to Marissa and sent it to her and I go, "What is this?" and she goes, "Why do you think I would know?" <laughs>
2: See, that's how we told her, because we knew that she could
0: Trust keep no secret. one.
1: <laughs> that's oh. like a denial without trust denying it. This is the
3: like, last person to trust in a, a prank scenario. She was, is always in on it.
0: So
1: she, she she could be a valuable team member is what you're she saying. She
3: could be a very valuable team member. Okay.
1: Yes. I'm going to log that away. Yes. <laughs> I think she strikes me as someone that would be all in on all pranks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Like that just is that just her personality. Like it seems like that would be something that she would do totally. 100%. <laughs> I don't know about pizza. He might not. I don't know.
3: Uh, pizza's Maybe. a lot weirder than he's people give him credit a, for.
2: Yeah, he's definitely got a weird sense of humor. I think he could be down for a prank. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's loving
0: this <laughs> whole thing. Like.
3: <laughs>
2: I felt kind of bad the other day at practice when we were doing that three combination drill thing when he was up, he was playing balls in for us. Why did you feel bad? Because I kind of yelled at him. Not like actually yelled at him, <laughs> but I was like, I was like, pizza, like play me the ball, like very uh, aggressively loud. <laughs> and he got kind of offended. <laughs> He's like, I played a perfectly fine ball. And I was like, yeah, I know, but like I was open. Like. <laughs> See, goofy, but very competitive, Argur.
3: Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's another thing that was in, that's interesting about the fact that you guys pull these pranks and have fun with each other. You guys are very competitive as oh, a group. Very competitive. Yeah, I mean, I get yelled at
3: at practice all the time for playing the wrong team, the ball.
2: <laughs> that's like our major. I think that's like our biggest pet peeve as a team. Like when somebody wasn't like paying attention, like fully locked in, paying attention, and they play the wrong team, we get really kind of irritated about it. Oh, they
3: get r- <laughs> real pissed. <laughs> yeah. The one time we had to. Over the river is a very intense game in our practice, which is like three teams, and there's a middle, the middle section. You got to play over the middle section to the other, the other side of the grid. And one practice, I don't know what happened because I was with the goalies, but they came back after playing over the river and the whole team was pissed off. And I was like, y'all got two minutes to go figure (laughs) it out. Like, take your two minutes, do whatever you need to do. You need to juggle, you need to shoot, you need to go get water, you need to walk around the track. I don't know, but like figure it out in two minutes. We're going to have fun and you're going to cheer each other on, and this is going to be better.
2: I remember that, but I have no idea what happened. I don't know. I either. block it out so bad. You asked me what we did last week, and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I just forget about it. Very I don't competitive. Know. But like, I remember that happening where everybody was super crabby, and then you're like, I can tell the your, your energy is really off right now, so y'all are going to go take a time out and come back. I what
1: she's, she's like, like okay, out. you guys all need to go sit in the corner. And just relax Basically. for just a minute, please.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll get back to work.
1: And then we'll get back It was to
3: good after that. It was very good after that, yes.
2: <laughs> we just needed to, like, calm down. <laughs> very competitive.
1: Yeah, but I love the fact that, you like, you were, like, noticing, okay, we have bad juju happening. <laughs> we need to take a break. It's, it's so different. Like, when I, when I was a college athlete, if our coach saw that
0: everybody was angry, he was excited. All right. Now we're, we're getting somewhere. <laughs> 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 you
1: guys should be mad. Yeah. yeah. you are supposed to be mad at each other. <laughs>
3: I like it a little bit. Like, I like it when I – it used to be in this program where if we messed something up or the other team got the ball, they'd be like, oh, it's okay, or the ball would go out of bounds, and then be like, oh, it's okay, we can just play through it. And now they're like, no, the, that was out. That was out. Yeah. Um, and I love that. Uh, but my thing is, like, once that that moment in time is over, then we got to be over it and on to the next thing and not, like, carry that frustration to the next thing. I had uh, that's to laugh where the problem is
1: one of the freshmen in particular, and I really like her as a player but i I think I said something to you after I think it was maybe the St Mary's game it was even the first game of the year when you guys played them, and it was Hallie Carlson, and she was on the outside, and she lost a ball to this girl from Mary's because she didn't get rid of it fast enough, and the girl stripped her of the ball and went back the other way and she tracked her down and followed her hard from behind didn't get a card for it, but it was a definite fall and I'd like. <laughs> that's like alright yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. and whenever I says I am something to you and they're like I, that's what I love about her you know and we have a bunch of players that are like that
3: to be clear not the following people following people from behind part we don't necessarily love that but right. the mentality of like if I lose the ball I'm just gonna freaking battle and find a yep. way back
1: and that was kind of what I'm alerting to I'm not yes. trying to say that she was trying to be too dirty because no. it wasn't actually no. a dirty play no it wasn't I mean it was basically shoulder to shoulder and they went down Yeah, but yeah. it was like you could see her like
3: I is just zero Yeah, in. like
1: I lost that ball. Now I'm gonna make up for it, you yeah. know. And I'm gonna go back because I think one of the things I love about, especially if we're gonna talk about the players individually, Kenzie and Lindry in the middle. Mm-hmm. Those two will not give up on a ball, mm. and Ava's like that too, sort of. Mm-hmm. Like where they just like if I got to run through you to get this ball, I'm gonna do it. Yep. You know, and that's that's an <laughs> I love
2: watching Lindry do that. Like she she might like make a mistouch and like kind of get stripped, and then like. They'll gain maybe a few yards, and then instantly Lindry's like, all right, mine. And she just like, you can just see her just go at it. And she's she's so tall. she got super long legs, and she just yeah. strides out. And then she'll just win the ball back. And I'll be like, half the time, I won't even, like, drop that far to, like, recover. Because well, I'm f- like, when she starts doing that, I'm like, she's going to win the ball back. I don't really need to drop that far.
1: <laughs> it's a funny, like, visual picture, too, because both Kenzie and Lindry have that, like, in them. hmm their body types are so different. Yeah. Because yes. Kenzie's 4'11 and here comes Lindry at 5'10. And so you've got this like 10 inch, 11 inch height, This like, you know, discrepancy between the two of them. But they both are just like, they're ball hawks. They go after the ball, especially Kenzie. We've talked about Kenzie before. You know, she gets knocked to the turf so often. Yeah. A lot. Every match. Yeah. yeah every time. Every that. match.
2: <laughs> All the time.
1: You know, but she just keeps popping right back up. hmm. You know, Um, And I remember her, I swear, in that game, not this year against Morris, but last year against Morris. God, she spent more time down. I think, like, Hannah Pedersen took her down. I don't know how many times in that game. Yeah,
3: that was not. mm. But, I mean,
1: the thing is, though, she always comes right back. Like, she bounces right back up and is like, let's go again. (laughs) Like, I'm on the ground. It's fine. And I've actually talked to her about it, and she's like, yeah, that's just how it is. (laughs) I'm the little girl, so they're going to knock me over. (laughs) She's
2: so good at poking the ball out, though. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're in, like, a little – Kind of, I don't know, a tussle or whatever with two people are trying to poke the ball out and find some space. Like, I swear, ninety percent of the time, like she wins a ball out. It's insane yeah. how good she is at poking it out and yeah. like winning it off of people. Mm-hmm. It's kind of irritating in practice, so I will say. <laughs> <there Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, trying to get the ball out, and I'm like, Kenzie, go away. Like...
1: <laughs> Leave me alone. Yeah,
2: yeah. Like, save geez. it for the
1: game. <laughs> how has it been playing with Nia up top? I was going to ask you that question.
2: It's a lot of fun, honestly. Okay. Like, she's, <laughs> she's very creative um, and she's smart. She's a hard worker. It's fun to, like, dish her a ball and just have her go, and I'm like, yeah, she'll probably finish that.
1: Like, <laughs> you, yeah, you guys seem to compliment each other really well. And, I, John, I know you have noted it too. Mm-hmm. Like, they seem to compliment each other very well up top. Um, I will say on the first goal against Northwestern in the title game, Lindry played you a beautiful ball in. Oh, that yeah. ball. Yeah. Woo! That was great. Because she can really strike a ball. Like, Lindry can really hit a ball. I mean, she's yeah. one of the players on the team that can go from 40 yards out on a ball. And that's, I mean, Kenzie can go probably 20, 25 yards out, but Lindry's got that huge right foot. And she played that ball in you U right on the line. Yeah, it was perfect. It was perfectly placed. Um, but I feel like, going back to you and Naya, like, the combination and the, and, the, and the chemistry between the two of you is really, really good. It seems like there just seems to be something that clicks there. Is that something that just kind of came organically, or did you guys, like, have to talk that out at all?
2: I don't I don't even know, honestly. I think it was probably more organic if I don't know then, but like Right, yeah. I just she came in last year and obviously like she's got a lot of talent, um, and it was just we just kinda like instantly started playing and we were like, All right, I think we understand each other pretty well. I think she said before that, um, I want to say she's, she jokes around a lot, but she's like, When I first came here, Allison told me to watch you, and that's how I learned. And I was like, What? <laughs> like, <laughs> I did. You're I pulled kidding. her out of a
3: drill and I was like, Watch Anna's runs. And she was like, Okay, okay, yeah, I see it.
2: I get it. Yeah. Yeah, and she, she told me that this week or this year. And I was like, You're kidding, right?
3: <laughs> and what Anna won't tell you is that when Naya first got here, and generally, she does a good job of pulling in first years in particular because just you know, that the whole transition into the college game, the level of play, the intelligence that comes, the speed of play, physicality. What she won't tell you is she, often in training, you'll see her, like, going off and talking to someone and giving them a direction or insight or whatever. And I know, especially Naya's first year, Anna was doing that a lot. Um, and not that, like you said, super talented, Nia, super talented, super hardworking, really creative on the ball, um, but just you did give her some guidance and points to help them get on the same page with their runs as well, and you'll, you're too humble. You probably wouldn't say it.
1: <laughs> well, and that's part of being a captain of, like, three years, right? I mean, you've been a captain since your sophomore year. So, I mean, when you become a captain, I suppose you learn how to be a better captain as you go too, right? Like, you, you figure out, like, what players need and then go and try to address it with them individually, I suppose. I mean, I don't know that for a fact, but that's the way I would imagine it goes, especially for a three-year captain, you know, so – Um, I mean, you being a captain for three years, the senior class being together that entire time, it really, it's interesting to see. And especially with you guys being as quiet as you were. I mean, we joke about it now when you came in, but now you guys really do kind of serve as kind of like the foundation for everybody. And everybody goes to you guys for, you know, help with all kinds of things, not just about soccer, but probably, you know, I would guess probably things in their lives too, which is pretty cool, (laughs) you know?
2: I always like to call Erin our therapist. She's a, she's, a, she's a social work major, so it's kind okay. of, like, within her field. But she's really good at, like, talking yep. to people and, like, talking through things with people. And I notice, like, a lot of people will go to her if they, like, just want to talk about something or, like, they want advice or something. So I always call her. It's it's funny. Like, sometimes I'll just go in her room and be like, I need you to th- be my therapist today. And, like, <laughs> just, like, talk to her about what's going on. And she's always really good at being, like, like giving advice and stuff. Um but it's, it's going to sound kind of lame, but, like, honestly, I don't think captaincy really changed anything about, like, what I wanted to do or who I wanted to be, I guess. Um, I almost said no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you didn't want to be captain? <laughs>
2: yeah. You're watching to be the
0: captain. No.
2: Freshman year. <laughs> Freshman year. <laughs> I
0: declined. I just See,
2: literally, it's true. It's true. Yeah, no, it's 100% true. for them, after we voted, literally that night, she texts me and is like, "Hey, can you come back to the MWC? I need to talk to you
1: and right meet now. me in
2: my office." And I was like, "Yeah, I guess." So <laughs> I walk in there and she's like, "Yeah, so you got like a considerable amount of votes. Like, I'm kind of considering giving you the captaincy or whatever." And I was like, "I literally looked at her and I was like, honestly, I don't think I'm ready for that." <laughs> like, I literally she, just, was, she was she was a freshman. I was literally like first year, like. I don't know, and she's looks at me. and is like, "I think that makes me want to give it to you more." And I was like, "Dang, it, I should have said something
0: else."
1: <laughs> well, and that's part of the maturation process, though, too, right? Correct. Like, I mean, you throw yourself, you know, into the deep end of the pool. Really, in that case, you know, it's like I've got this freshman from Bemidji. You know, she's leading our team in scoring, and everybody likes her. The, the, the players voted her basically a captain. So, I'm going to go to her and say, "I want you to be a captain," and you know, she's uncomfortable with the idea but <laughs> willing to, to give it a, a give it a go you know and so that's cool I mean you've you've got clearly some vocal leaders on this team too like you've got some players Morgan Philibert springs to mind as someone who is very outgoing she's very willing to, to speak her mind and to take charge if necessary but she's kind of that counterpoint as far as leaders you can have loud leaders but you can also have quiet leaders mm-hmm. you know and I've always kind of gotten a sense that you guys have kind of had that nice little <laughs> you know, kind of balance between, in, in that senior class, yep. between yeah. the louder, you know, voices and the softer voices, but everybody's still understanding it. it's a collective, Yep. you know, and no one really overriding anyone else. It's just a different style, mm-hmm. you know, because Morgan is, I don't know, is Morgan a team captain? I don't even know if she is.
3: And, and that's the thing about our program is I think, you know, Anna was selected a team captain as after her freshman year. We re-vote every single year, and I – Every year I talk to Anna, I'm like, okay, we're going to re-vote again. Like, in theory, you could not be a captain. And she goes, doesn't matter to me. Like, I'm going to do the same thing no matter what. Like, I'm going to be the same person and show up in the same right. ways. Um, so Morgan was a team captain in the spring. And then um, when we did a re- we did a vote for the fall, it's, it's uh, Anna and Aaron now.
1: Okay. But, I mean, that –
3: but again, still a leader, Morgan. Yeah. Still a leader in this program for oh, sure. Oh yeah,
1: I mean, even when you when you guys warm up for a game, I mean, you yeah. can, you look down and look who's leading. You know, the jog line. It's Anna and Morgan. Yep. You know, so I mean, the the captaincy is sometimes going to be overblown because it's a title. It's title. You know, yeah. but you know, the upperclassmen basically carry the. You know, they're the leaders. Doesn't necessarily mean who you know matter who is the exact captain at that moment. Yep. But you know, if you look down and you watch your guys during warmups, like I said, it's the jog line is always led by, you know, the seniors, yep. specifically Anna and Morgan, and that's just the way it is. And you know, that's who you can tell when the leaders are, is who's leading us, you know, through our warm-up jog, who's leading us through our drills, all that kind of stuff. That uh, that all falls under that category. So,
3: mm-hmm.
1: it's very it's a very unique thing to watch, and it's very cool to see it having worked out so well. I think that's the thing that's most amazing to me is watching this class watching your entire career and watching where the program started when you were here and i knew you had a long-term vision for what you wanted to do because you and i had talked about it and it's on her board apparently yeah and it's on her <laughs> it's board. In
3: office, if anybody's wondering.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's up on the vision board
3: yeah i have to redo it now it's been a couple of years we need to, to redo it but yeah. are there are faces any faces are, on it yeah there are yeah, <laughs> so there's a there bunch are, of faces so on that uh, i like <laughs> They're like wow. all
1: over the place. Like if you look at the bottom, there's Emma Streets on the right, and then you look up on the left, and Aaron Scholberg is there, and then you know Anna might be. There's at
2: least four or five on there. It's oh yeah.
1: yeah, you guys are all over the place, and then Claire's over here, and it's just like wow. But yeah, I'll I'll probably always remember that now for the championship game interview that mm-hmm. I looked down on the couch and because I was about to get up, and Anna Schusterman is literally <laughs> looking right at me. Like it's like right in like right here. That was something. And are you gonna leave those there now on the couch too?
3: Oh, no, they, uh, no. no. <laughs> I think they they have four, their big colored headshots are on the back of the door and those ones will probably stay and I'll throw Morgan up there too. Um, but yeah, the other ones are going to have to, I'm probably not going to take each and every one off the dry erase markers. So you're <laughs> probably going to stay there.
2: There's some that we hid that I don't know if you'll actually find or not.
3: Probably, probably, probably will. Stuff, right? It'll probably be years worth of work of maybe, removing maybe them.
2: In the spring, I'll tell you. But we'll
3: see. fair enough. The best one was actually on the bottom of my mouse, and I'm not <laughs> very technologically savvy, so I was sitting there with Allison Alessi in my office, and I was trying to do something on my computer, working. and the mouse wasn't working, and I was like, "What the heck?" And so I'm trying to like you know, start to shut my computer down and Allison goes, you know, coach, if there's something underneath your mouse, the mouse won't move. And I turn the mouse over and it's like a square of their four faces, just in a two inch by two inch little thing on the bottom of my mouse. And I was like, I would have spent all day trying to figure out what the heck was going on with my computer. Thank goodness for Allison Alessi.
0: <laughs> You're gonna call it IT. Yeah,
1: I know, like, <laughs> Why my most you know? working?
3: <laughs> Have you checked the laser on the bottom? Nope, nope, haven't.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> your seniors are obstructing it. I mean, just just listening to all this, though, because we haven't even touched on on what your team is about to embark on. Mm, yes, but just listening to to all of this, it's. I, I hate to use the word important, but. It, it was probably important for your team to take this step with this group, wasn't it? I, to you personally,
3: yeah, absolutely. Um, Aaron was my Aaron Schoborg was my office worker her sophomore year, and I just remember her sitting in my office being like, "I want to win a conference championship." And I just I knew a I knew we had the talent now, and it was just about putting the pieces together. But to do it with this class, when they committed to this program, I think we had four wins. I think we had four wins on the season. On the season. I think we had four (laughs) wins on the season um, after my first year. So they truly have seen the whole transformation, really. Um, So this class, they embody the values that we ask of our players. Each of them as individuals and collectively, they embody the, the values of our, our program and they've gotten to see the whole journey. So to have them be able to go out as regular season champs, playoff champs, undefeated in conference play, going to the national tournament for the first time. Um, I just love that they get to see the the, the fruits of all their labor, you know.
1: There aren't too many classes that come along that are transformative. Yeah. That transform program. But that's what the senior class has done.
3: 100%. Each yeah. and every one of them.
1: And that takes a lot. Yeah. It, it does. Yeah. That takes a ton. Mm-hmm. You know, to go from, yeah, we're just trying to make the conference tournament to becoming <laughs> champions within. Just trying a to win game. Yeah. Just trying to win. Yeah. Just trying to win a game. More like, than a couple games. Yeah. yeah. That'd be great. Exactly. Said that yeah. In a couple
2: of my interviews, I was like, my freshman year is the first time that we even made our conference tournament. Yeah. Like, Winning it, like, <laughs> this was the first time we even made it to the championship game on, I will say, a lucky game. I'm not going to lie. Our 32nd goal against Scholastica was not... Outshot, 3-33. Mm, to 33. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We got a little lucky there. Um, but just making it to that championship game from then, it was like, okay, we want to go back and we want to win. And then, like, I don't know, three years later, being able to actually... Accomplish that. Well, you could see the
1: progression was happening. I used to talk about it with Coach Joe Mooney, the men's coach, that you could kind of see that the momentum was going in the right direction and things were starting to happen. And you and I even talked about it a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know, a couple years ago. It's like you know, once things get settled and a couple classes come in, she's going to be ready to go, and this team, this program is going to be ready to go. And um, you know, actually, Dave Riles over at uh, Skalaska and Dave Robinson both said the same thing. Especially Robinson, he came up and he's like, you know, in a couple of years, they're going to be at the top of this conference. You can already see it happening. And, you know, they both proved prophetic because that's, you know, know, that's exactly what's happened. So um, it's been a lot of fun to watch it, though. Whenever you watch a program rise, I did it with women's basketball, too, um, from the ashes, basically, (laughs) to become an NCAA tournament team. It's a cool deal. It's it's just it's very unique and you don't see it very often, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's it's special. It really is. I'll tell you the same. I'll say the same thing I said to you yesterday. As somebody who
0: played in three of them, make sure you take a couple seconds to enjoy it.
3: Thank you. Yeah.
0: Coach Degroat and a thanks for stopping by. Thank Thank you. We'll take a break and we'll come back with more of "Eye of the Swarm" right after this.
1: For over 85 years, the dollars deposited at National Bank
0: of Commerce have been reinvested into the community, sparking bold ideas and igniting big dreams. Our customers have helped transform the region, and if we've come this far already, just imagine what's next. National Bank of Commerce. We make more possible. We're back for our final segment of Via the Swarm and another good conversation, Matt, and uh, more humor in this one than I think we've had in a long time.
1: Yeah, and I I think that that's actually a pretty good encapsulation of her program Um, and one of the reasons why they've been successful, because they can have fun with each other. I mean, it's highly competitive, and once they hit the field, they're all business, You know, and you and I have seen that. Mm-hmm. But when they're around each other, there's a lot of laughs to be had, and they have a lot of fun together, Yeah, and that's – uh at the end of the day, that probably makes more of an impression than anything else. Winning along the way is great to go along with that, but having said that, they're a very joyful bunch. They really enjoy playing soccer. More importantly, playing soccer together mm-hmm. and being coached by this coaching staff. So, uh, yeah, I was I I figured it was going to be a really good conversation, and it. Certainly did live up to it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, you mentioned playing soccer together. They still get
0: to play some soccer they together do. as they're
1: NCAA bound. So let's talk a little bit about it. Yeah. Uh, the Yellow Jackets, of course, we talked about in the first segment, off to the NCAA tournament for the first time in program history. They will take on Mayak champions, St. Kate's, St. Catherine, down in St. Paul at the ranked uh, 25 in the country, yeah, number I believe. 25 in the country. Uh, that game will be played on Saturday, November 13th. So this coming Saturday, it'll be 11 a.m. opening kick. And if the Yellow Jackets win, I don't know who's on the other side of Lacrosse and. Uh, Wartburg. Wartburg. So it's an intense 14 regional, but uh, yeah. Yellow Jackets and the Katies, uh, otherwise known as the St. Kate's uh, Wildcats, on uh, Saturday. And uh, if you have a chance, uh, check it out. I know that they're streaming that game mm-hmm. um, online. So, And I think the NCAA actually handles the streaming on that, don't they? They do, yeah. Okay, so I think you get it from the NCAA. The, website, link, the link will be on our website. Okay. We'll be linked, okay. linked to it. So. Yeah, go to Jackets.com to uh, find the link on that one. Same story with the men uh, off to the NCAA tournament as well. They're in Chicago, however, taking on Washington University of St. Louis, and they're opening NCAA tournament contest. That game also on the 13th Saturday and also scheduled for 11 a.m. The Yellow Jackets have won two straight openers in the NCAA tournament, but a uh, tall task for Coach Mooney and the boys taking on the Bears of WashU. But uh, um, still, you know, like I said, if you're looking for that game, same thing. Go to wsljackets.com and uh, the link will be there for the uh, stream of that game. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, some fun NCAA soccer. First time we've seen both teams in it. So, First that'll be First time we've fun. had them both. That's great. Yeah, so it's fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, congratulations to both. Absolutely. Obviously. Uh, women's hockey this week. Just one game on the docket for them. Uh, they're heading down to take on number three ranked UW Eau Claire on Saturday at Hobbs Ice Arena in Eau Claire. Also on the 13th that Saturday, 2 p.m., the opening faceoff there for Coach Dan Laughlin and the ladies. They're not home for a while. I don't think they play at home again until the 23rd against Gustavus. Correct, if yep. If I'm rumoring right. Yep. So, Yeah, that's uh, they're on the road. Uh, men's hockey, meanwhile, off this weekend, which is a rarity mm-hmm. in men's hockey. Their next contest. And does this count as a non-conference game, though, because it's on a Tuesday now? No. Okay. They are in action next Tuesday at Northland College. That's a Wyatt conference game, 7 p.m. with my partner to the left here, Mr. John Garver, will make the 70-mile trip East to the Bay Area Civic Center for a contest between the Yellow Jackets and the Northern College Lumberjacks. 7 p.m. the opening face-off. 6.30 the pregame? Correct. Okay, so that's what's coming up this week for men's hockey. Men's basketball, they make their season debut on 91.3 with yours truly. Calling the action, they'll be taking on St. Norbert on Saturday. That'll be a non-conference game at the Mertz. It'll be a tough test. It will be. St. Norbert, very good team. Very good program. Did uh, I hear right, too, and I, I I heard this yesterday. They played
0: Notre Dame they might have. I and don't know. And only I didn't look. lost by 18? Could be. Could I'd be. have to go. I, I didn't look it up, and I probably should have before we, we went on the air here. But I heard they played
1: Notre Dame and only lost by 18 points. That, that could be something. Yeah, that's entirely possible. Wow. St. Norbert's been a very good program for a long time um, in men's basketball. They, they're a good athletic program. We've talked about that in the past. Yeah. But um, you know, their women's program was a, uh, a consistent <laughs> NCAA tournament squad for a long time, and their men are right there too. In fact, I think their men were rated in the top – 15, maybe top 10 a couple years ago. So, yeah, that'll be a big challenge. But the L Jackets taking on the Green Knights of St. Norbert over at the merge with yours truly again on the on the call. 1 p.m., the opening tip, I'll be on with the pregame. 12.40, 12.45, depends on how long the pregame interview is with Coach Polk. Um, but, uh, yeah, they'll be taking on the Green Knights. That'll be the f- debut of the season for the L Jackets on 91.3. Uh, women's basketball, meanwhile, they're on the road this weekend taking on UW-Eau Claire, the opening game of the UW-Eau Claire tip-off tournament at Zorn Arena in Eau Claire, 8 p.m. the opening tip there, and then they will follow it up on Saturday taking in UW-River Falls, so a pair of Wyatt Conference opponents for the Yellow Jackets, 3 p.m. the opening tip on Saturday against the Falcons. And last but not least, men's and women's cross-country, we talked about them being idle last week, they're back in action, they're now going to go down to... Whitetail Golf Course in Colfax, Wisconsin to take part in the NCAA Division III North Regional Championships down in Colfax. Two races, the men starting off with a 12 noon opening to their race. Women will follow up at 1 p.m. an hour later with their race. So that's what's coming up this week with the Yellow Jacket Athletics and uh, a lot of teams on the road. I
0: stand corrected. Okay. The beauty of the smartphone, while you're talking about schedules, I can look it up. They did play Notre Dame. Okay. They did lose. Okay. But they lost by 34. Okay. Okay. They lost seventy eight forty four. Okay. That was last Friday. And then they also played UW Green Bay and lost eighty to forty five. Okay. Okay. So a pair Athletic. of D ones yeah. that they played in their exhibition games. And UWGB uh coach Balkowski will be taking his team
1: to play them later in the year too. Oh well. So there's a little bit of a of a connection there mm-hmm. then. Yeah. So there you have it. That's what's coming up though for Yellow Jacket Athletics this Setting stuff. Yeah, really exciting. Yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm I'm hoping that I'll have a few moments to at least look in on the two soccer games before I go on the air with men's basketball. But um, yeah, it's fun. And for anybody that hears this podcast and uh, has the opportunity uh, to check out the two games, go ahead and do it because you're going to be watching a little bit of history, especially on the women's side. So absolutely, yep. So absolutely. So it's a big week for many sports teams here at EW Superior,
0: and it's uh, definitely been a, a great year to be a Yellow Jacket. That is for sure. Elliot Swear is our engineer. Here in the studio, along with him and the Big sound, Matt Johnson, I am John Garver, and thank you for once again listening to Eye of the Swarm. <music>